0: Hello. Welcome again to the NEPPC podcast. I'm Brother Frank and I'm with Brother, uh, brother and former political prisoner Abdul Haq Islam. Today's episode, we focus on the distinction between uh, entertainment and actions, right? What does it mean by idea? What does it mean to be driven to take action behind an idea? When in preparation to doing today's episode, I looked at the word uh, entertainment and two words came up. It said that enjoyment and amusement so when we say free or more what do we really mean do we mean that we are being inspired to say something and we feel good about saying something so it gets us excited or are we using that as a battle cry to uh drive us to do more work free to free our political prisoners as well as others it's very important that we ask ourselves certain questions when we deal with certain ideas because what does it mean to be conscious of an idea, right? Consciousness goes through a, a different phases. The first phase you're observing with your senses, your eyes, um, and then you take in that, um, that, uh, that idea, and then your brain starts co- um, developing a concept about what that idea means. So that's why we have to be very uh, scientific and, and very observant to what we are committing ourselves to when we recite an idea. Are we being entertained? Are we doing it because we want to continuously be amused and we want to sound intelligent or we want to sound uh, like a person of substance amongst our peers? Or do we really mean it? Or does it something that we're going to be committed to doing? So today's episode, that's that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with the distinction between um, entertainment and actions. Brother, what do you think the distinction is? And why is it so important for people to be clear on the Mm -hmm. distinctions well, brother,
1: you had said it in another way earlier. Don't talk about it; be about it. You understand? And there is a difference between uh, being a, a, a true and principled uh, type of person, living by principles. You understand? And uh, being a hypocrite, you know. And that's a strong word, and I use—I'm using that word—not to beat up on nobody, but uh, to uh, add some fire to the discussion, fire, to the endeavor, you understand what I'm saying, and some energy to uh, make people uh, think uh, of, of, what, of what it is uh, when they say things, you understand, and for us to purge the ways of Babylon, you understand, and so that our blackness shines through the filth and diseases Of Babylon, you know, so that uh, as people of dignity and self respect, you know, we um, cherish those who fought for us, you understand? And there's a horrible history that uh, we must know, that we must study, you understand, to push us forward. Like I'm saying, I'm Pursuing this line of discussion, you understand, to, uh, to push us, to energize us, you understand, um, to uh, purge Babylon out of us. A, a, a brother who was almost a political prisoner, almost became a political prisoner, talked about the horrors and the filth of, of Babylon. Dr. Khaled Muhammad, uh, briefly, uh, in a little bit, I talked about how he almost became a, a political prisoner. Uh, but um, he talked about the the evil ways of the society in which we were brought up in, and that we must separate. We must separate from a system that's got us murdering one another. You understand? A system which has us acting in ways that are against our own interests. You know, um, a horrible uh, a system of an enemy who has murdered hundreds of millions of dark-skinned people over the centuries, you know. So uh, it don't make no sense to go along with, you know, the desire of an enemy to forget about and abandon those who have fought for us, who fought gallantly for us. You know, briefly on how Dr. Khalid almost became a political prisoner. Uh, we of the December 12th movement worked with Dr. Khalid to produce the Million Youth March. We distributed almost half a million flyers about the Million Youth March. On the day of the Million Youth March, you know, uh, the police was uh, in formation to move on us, you know, and Dr. Khalid had said some words Understand that they tried to use later on to indict him, to make him a political prisoner, he said if the police vamp on you in self-defense, take their guns and use them on them, if they vamp on you in self-defense, you take their sticks and ram them up no, there behind. No, no, no. <laughs> That's what he said. They tried to indict him, but they couldn't because Dr. Khalid knew the law the law said that because he used the word in self-defense, they couldn't indict him and lock him up and lock him up. You know, so the police, fam, and uh, you know the you know, them big old iron horses, yes. they got about uh, thirty of them upside their pig heads, and twenty-seven of them went to the hospital. So uh, and, and on that day, Dr. Khalid almost got locked up, but did not get locked up because he knew the law. But, you know, he loved blackness. He loved black people, you know? So, and he inspired us to love who we are. And they love who we are, we will love those who fought for us, you know? And a person can say that they love you, you know? Yes. But what is, how do they prove they love you? By what they do, by keeping Absolutely. their promise, Absolutely. you know? So we said we love our local prisoners. Be free, so don't let it be some talk. Don't just talk about it. Right.
0: Be about it. Be about it. That means you gotta sign those petitions. That means you gotta write those letters. And I'm gonna take some criticism because I I keep holding up on writing this letter to um uh Rochelle McGee. I'm gonna do that this week, that's for sure. Um and see, I wanna be honest with the um people, the viewers that are looking at this. You know, we all have to challenge ourselves, even those those of us who are committed to this work, like me and brother Abdul Haq and Sam, when we do this podcast every week, mm-hmm. we still got to do a self-analysis. We still got to ask ourselves, how much are we doing and are we doing enough? And that's why this episode is very important because you have to make the distinction between being entertained and being uh, driven to action. You're saying something slick out exactly, of mouth. Exactly. It sounds good. It real. It's it's, it's um. It's a hot topic to have at a a conversation, right? Right, right, Now you're talking about, okay, this is what I'm talking about. You get all amped up. You start raising your voice, but yet you don't participate in no organization uh, for political prisoners. You don't participate in no demonstration for political prisoners, no, um, no tribunals for political prisoners, anything, any programs, any events for political prisoners. And that's why we have to have an analysis, a critical analysis of ideas that are uh, are familiar to people, ideas that are starting to resonate with people, people who understand that, yes, political prisoners uh, deserve to be home. Uh, they are freedom fighters. They are elders. That they need to be home with their loved ones. It's causing way too much money to taxpayers to continue to house political prisoners. So if you have 20, 30-plus more years, how much more time do you want out of these people? You know, you have to bring them home to their family, let their family take over from that point on. One of the things that I want to say, because uh, as this month starts to dwindle down and we prepare for February, which is Black History Month, we have to let the the children, the youth, our future leaders, uh, know that you have to be committed to an idea. You can't simply say something and and not uh, have no type of action behind it. Uh, There's a school by the name of Nelson Mandela School for Social Justice. It's 1700 Fulton Street, that's in Bedford-Stuyvesant, um, Brooklyn. And I, anybody out there who knows anybody who goes to that school, please contact me. You could DM me or hit me up uh, on my email at sefusankofa at gmail. That's S-E-F-U-S-A-N-K-O-F-A at com. I'm really trying to get a contact at that school because Nelson Mandela was a political prisoner. So, you know, that's the only right that those students at that school learn about current political prisoners, because once the youth start getting involved, they have that energy to make others get involved. They have their energy to make their parents take notice about what's interesting to them, because I know that's the same thing that my mother did with me. Once she understood that I was interested in something, then she became interested. She became curious because, you know, naturally a parent wants to make sure that they're doing the best they can to protect their children from being misled or being, uh, uh, being corrupted. So I think that that's what we have to do. We have to look at our community, look at what's available to us. Anybody, anywhere who's taking a name over a freedom fighter, we got to hold them accountable to uh, a look into mm-hmm. the matters of political prisoners, identify political prisoners, because political prisoners are people who made sacrifices for the greater good. And I think that that has to be understood by people. And people have to be driven to do that. You make the demand at your children's school. You know, you wanted to say something about the preparation of a Black History Month, right? And in, in, in accordance with what we're talking about, we will talk about the distinction between entertainment and, and our actions, because yeah, yeah, be uh, more than that.
1: Yeah, just talking to be entertained, that is, um, you know, a symptom of a do-nothing program, you know? And uh, we gotta get out of that do-nothing stuff. So, so, we are talking, you understand, to give people a push, give people a, a drive, you know? And, um, when you, somebody's beating you up and you don't do nothing, what happened? You're going to get beat up. So we're saying fight back. You know, one form of fighting back is to demand the freedom of our, our local prisoners. You know, I have said that I'm going to give a little sneak preview of uh, what, something we're going to be doing during Black History Month. And that is we're going to be talking about a book that I'm reading right now uh, called "Murder Incorporated" by Mumia Abu Jamal, when he talks about the monstrosities of this of this system, the uh, mental disease, the mental disorder, we've been like quicksand, like in a whirlwind or a hurricane. We came up in this stuff. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, you know, Mumia talks about this. And during Black History Month, I will be giving reports on this book, Murder Incorporated by Mamiya Abu-Jamal, political prisoner, you understand? So y'all can pick up a copy of the book yourself out there, you understand? And uh, it is a book that has filled me with fire, you understand? It's filled me with energy and a drive to fight this peace. You understand? To learn the fighting techniques, the blocking the punches, you understand? the kicks, the, the, the hurricane of, of hands and feet necessary to defeat this beast. You understand? So we're going to be talking about that during Black History Month, a, a, a month,
0: when we're not just going to be, be talking about it, we're going to be being about it. Absolutely, because when you say black power and you take um, pride in your history and learning what occurred to allow you to um, reap the benefits of people's struggles at this time, then you have to ask yourself, what does that mean? What does that translate regarding how you live your life on a regular basis? Are you going to be driven to action or not? Are you going to be complacent because you have just been inspired or you've just been entertained by some words? And as our children go through Black History Month and they learn about people like Nat Turner, learn about Harriet Tubman, learn about Sonny Abu Carson, and so many more freedom fighters, then you gotta ask them, what does that mean to you? Because I know that, you know, I'm around the youth. Um, and then once once I bring around the youth around uh, political work, then I understand it changes their uh, relationship to their reality. Like I had an incident where I had a youth in my family uh, who was on the bus and uh, he was uh, bothered by the bus driver driving back past his friend and he asked the bus driver why he didn't stop. Uh, the bus driver told him that he had to sit down and. Uh, be quiet, you know, whatever he, the bus driver told him, he didn't listen to him and just um, stop the bus at that particular time. But I understood that the youth are inspired by what you have them around. When you take action on particular attitude, on um, particular crisis or, or injustices, then they follow. And I think that that's very important because we have to think about the future, ten, twenty, thirty 20, 30 years from now who will lead us and how will they lead us? Will they lead us through complacency or will they lead us uh, by ideas that they know are correct? You know, revolutionary ideas regarding the current situation at hand because if it's a situation where as you have one class oppressing another class, then you know that's an oppressive situation and that has to be eradicated. The only way that has to be uh, eradicated is entire structural change. And I think that our children, once they understand that and once they commit to that, committed to that idea, then our future list looks a lot brighter. Because who wants to see uh, more people uh, being exploited and oppressed? Uh, not me, not my brother, and definitely not our freedom fighters, uh, or our political prisoners who are currently incarcerated, because that's why they're currently incarcerated, because they stood on principle. They understood that they were not just going to accept their reality the way it is, that they were going to commit themselves to changing their reality in the interest of their people people who they love dearly. They don't just use that full letter word as something to just respond to some somebody and make somebody feel good. They said that this word is not passive, it is active. And we have to put force behind that that word. We have to let people know that if you tell me you love me or you say you love somebody, what are you doing about it? And that's why me and Abu Ha Islam are on this podcast every Wednesday from twelve to twelve thirty, because we said we have to do something on a consistent basis. We have to Produce something that's for our political prisoners. That's why we ask um, people to share with at least 10 people. Please like, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Once we get those subscription up to a point where we're able to uh, create more uh, resources for our situation, then the idea can expand. Because at some point, we want as many people in a particular community to know about political prisoners, to understand that that's why we're there in that community, because we are driven to action because of the sacrifices of others. So we are driven to action because of the sacrifices of others. So when we say free them all, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're doing a battle cry uh, for the people who are not conscious as well as for us, because we understand that we have to show people what you need to do. That if you want somebody to be on time, you have to lead by example. If you want somebody to do a thorough job, you have to lead by example. If you want somebody to struggle and fight for political prisoners, you have to do it by example. And that's why me and Abdul Hakim Islam will produce these podcasts. We be in uniform. We make sure that it's a of a certain quality to uh, alert people and and have people driven to um to actually take some action. I know um you know you were. Incarcerated for almost 10 years behind your political views, and how did you feel if somebody said free them all and they were not actually doing the work to free you or bring you home? <laughs> well, brother, when
1: you were in prison, that word freedom got a whole lot of meaning to you. You get know what I'm saying? It means the whole world to you, you know. <laughs> so, uh, when I hear people on the outside, Saying free them all, you know, that gives me great hope, you know. Uh, I don't like to repeat what I've said uh, before a thousand times, <coughs> but uh, one of the uh, chief strategies of the enemy is to make you feel hopeless and helpless, you know. So uh, we are saying that if we open up the way wide, you understand, But to feel that hope, to have that inspiration, to feel that fire, you understand? To feel the need to to work, you know? You understand? And so yes. the love of the masses, you understand, is a great source of energy. What keeps us going, Frank? You know, you you said a word a couple of times and made me think about what a brother said. Uh, a, a political prisoner, former political prisoner, said who was my cellmate, uh, briefly, in um uh, uh the, 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 the federal lockdown down in Brooklyn. Uh, uh, Brother Matulu. Brother Matulu said that um you know that he don't believe all this sitting around you know said talking about oh, what what are we gonna do and that his focus was on acting, was on action. You understand? So uh again in other words our theme for the day you know, something that the brother said, he was free now, you understand, whereas, you know, some, some medical uh, issues he, he's dealing with, but it's free now, you know, who was my cellmate, briefly, in MCC, Brother Matulo said, it ain't about all this talking, it's acting, you know what saying, so don't talk about it, be about it, you know, uh, put that into action, everybody join in, you know, uh, we, we need uh, 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 some power from uh, great numbers of the 40 million black people in a, uh, in the U.S. Uh, so we need a product. We need some production. You know, we need some action. To free our
0: political prisoners, or what's the call? them all. Excellent, 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 excellent point. You know, definitely action behind our words. And that's why when we say free and more, we're definitely talking about organizing. We're talking about getting people in faith involved. If you belong to a particular uh, place of worship, hold those people accountable when they're talking about when they start talking about righteous ideas. Ask what is their position as it relates to political prisoners. Right? You're talking about uh, people. It's righteous to, It's righteous. to fight against evil. Exactly. Righteous injustice. So, and, and then, if, if it's righteous to fight against evil and injustice, what are your actions showing? Right, right. Your actions. Don't to... talk about it. Be about it. Exactly. That means you have to be organizing. That means if pe- when people come to see you, you should have them inf- informed about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Inform about injustices and stand for uh, making uh, things better because they can't simply watch their reality unfold. They have to be a part of the, the unfolding of the reality. So if you don't like something you think is incorrect, take a position. You go into your church and you're talking about the evils in the world. How are you approaching the evils? What what are doing? What you have to take action. You got to organize people because you can't do something. Don't let nobody tell you that you can't do nothing. Because regardless of how hard things are now, at one point they were worse. And people stood up, they organized, they fought. You know, the work day was much more hours than eight hours. Right that took a struggle. That took a struggle. People sacrificed. The idea that pe- black people were three-fifths of a human being and it was socially accepted, that was a struggle. People fought for that. Mm-hmm. And the reality right. produced what mm-hmm. we, we have right. now. Yeah. We look at ourselves more confidently. We are inspired to do things. We have less self-doubt because of the reality shift, the paradigm shift. People mm-hmm. said that we're going to take action. We're going to get involved we're going to organize and we're going to be determined to make a change um, whatever the uh, uh, the, the course is going to be for us making a change. But Some people become scared and some people say yes, it feels good to say something but it doesn't actually feel good to do something because something might happen that I don't want to happen. Meaning the consequences of the action. But I think that um, uh, no, Chairman, scared. Scared. chairman Fred said it best. He said, you know, if you if you're scared to die, then you, you then you haven't lived, right? There you right? you, you have to, you, you ain't. You already dead. He said. He said you already dead. If you're scared to die, you know. And we have to understand that because fear is a self-inflicted handicap. You know, your your your, your, your ability to move is compromised. So now, when you look at political prisoners and you look at their incarceration and and your inaction your inactions or your struggles. Or, or your lack of struggle to freedom actually uh, to freedom actually says that you're okay with them being incarcerated, better them than me. And I think that that is a uh, very um disheartening and is and is bo- is very bothering. And I think that that we have to reconsider um our actions and our approach to political prisoners because I think gratitude is very important because uh when you when you love somebody. Say, for instance, a mother loves a child. The mother of that child is appreciative to uh, being a parent uh, or the experience of being a parent when that child becomes something of value, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, when our political prisoners are incarcerated and we struggle to freedom, they feel valued. They feel, oh, people are appreciative of my sacrifice and my commitment. It wasn't done for nothing. I did it for a greater cause.
1: If you don't fight for those who fought for you, you know, who do you think in the future is gonna wanna fight for you? You know, if they say that uh, you know, th- 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 these people are so unappreciative, they won't stand up for those who fight for them, you know, what about the potential future freedom fighters that we are going to need as a people? What about that?
0: You're absolutely right. You know, they're going to feel uninspired, mm-hmm. right? They're going to say, look what happened to such and such. Mm-hmm. Such and such forth, and such and such was forgotten. Not just one such and such, but a bunch of such and suchs. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. why we say free Ed Dexter. We say free Veronica Bowers. We say free Umayy Abu Jamal. Mm-hmm. We say free Kamal Siddiqui. We say free Joy Powell. We say free Imam Jil- Jamil mm-hmm. Alamin. Mm-hmm. You know, formerly known as H. Rap Brown. That's why I give a black power salute to Charlemagne mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and God. Free Matulu. Well, Matulu's home, you know, and that came when people struggled. Said, yeah. People said that, people said, didn't just say free them all. They struggled to free them all, right? It was a struggle to free Sundiata. It was a struggle to free Momir. I mean, struggle to free Mutulu. Mm-hmm. And, and those two brothers came home. There was a, a struggle to free uh, Sekou Denga, and he's home. You yeah. know, and he's and, uh, keep Matulu free, right? Uh, and, and, and Jaleel Muthu Kim. There was a struggle to free all those brothers, and you know, and we got us, we got more who need to be free, and just but the fact that some of us, some of them did get free, that means that more of them can get free, right? But it has right. to be a struggle. It has to be a commitment to that action. That's the understanding that it's going to take some time. But the, when the intensity is intense enough, then, you know, it's going to produce the results that we want, right? Because all of this is about uh, establishing momentum and bringing others to amplify your ideas and your actions and follow your actions. And now you have accelerated momentum because yeah. it's that accelerated momentum oh, that yeah. produce yeah. uh, change, so we right 59 years that's that's yeah, crazy years, yeah, yeah we got to bring that brother home you know because mm-hmm. all the taxpayer dollars that held this brother uh, in jail i mean in prison for all this time at some point you have to ask yourself is it a uh, just sentences or revenge sentences you have to make a distinction between that too what is just and what is revenge yeah 25 to life is that just or that's revenge mm-hmm. uh 59 years is that just or this, or this, that revenge. That's revenge, bro. Exactly. And if it's yeah. revenge, call it what it is. Yeah. And don't just say revenge. Say, okay, that's revenge. That's unjust. I'm going to do I'm something about it. it. I'm going to fight gonna against it. Against I'm going to organize against, against it. it. I'm going to take a stand against it. I'm just not going to acknowledge it as being incorrect. I'm going to struggle to uh, rectify the situation. I'm not just going to be somebody's punching bag forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that needs to be understood. Making yeah. those distinctions between mm-hmm. entertainment and actions, yeah, and uh, that's why whenever people having dialogue, always have to challenge them, right? You know, people will come and tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. They are trying to create a comfort zone for themselves. They say this is the extent of my participation. My par- the extent of my participation is providing you with consultation, as if. You needed any consultation, right? You read, read mm. enough revolutionary books. Mm. You uh, do enough uh, research on histories of people who are struggling uh, for liberation, and you have enough consultation in your uh, your research in your historical analysis. You don't need no more consultation. You need participants. People have to participate in producing the challenge, the change that we want, and we have to challenge those who want to to remain in their comfort zones. And we have to say, okay, you have to do a little bit more. That's right. Right? Right. Because if I have 10 things to do and you're giving me another thing to do, then that means I have 11 things to do. If I'm doing 10 things and you're not doing nothing but giving me something to do, won't you take that task on? Now I got the 10 things. I don't mind doing the 10 things, but you do that one thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's all you can do is that one thing, then that's cool. Then you do it. At least you're not giving me more than what I need to be dealing with. You know what I'm saying, brother? Right.
1: Right. There's a glorious history of revolutionary change that we can look back on and benefit from, you understand, and engage in, you understand, with the greatest, highest hopes, you understand, for success. You know, we are a mighty people. We've uh, uh, achieved a lot through the years, you understand, and we're going to achieve more, you know, and, uh, this issue of political prisoners, you know, must be foremost in our minds. You know, we talk that good black talk, you know you understand what I'm saying? Black History Month is coming up. We like to wear our afros, our I I, I, dashikis, yes. you know, and, and, and talk black, you know. So we're saying just don't talk about it. Be about it. Engage in this struggle to free those who fought for us against the most monstrous system in the history of the world. You understand? Uh, A system that inflicted horrible injustices against us, you know, and indeed it was was necessary for uh, a vanguard to come forward, you understand, in the midst of this hurricane from hell, you understand, to fight for us and we must be principled, be principled black let the, the beauty of our blackness shine through the disease of Babylon. You understand? Stand up, act, and what's the
0: call? Free them all. Yes, yeah, free them all, that's the call. And you know, it's action behind that chant. And I think I raised a very important question right now. i put it on the screen. It says, uh, it's something. It's a question that I think we need to um, ask the parole board when our political prisoners are coming up for parole. We need to say, how long does the correction process take in a correctional facility? And I think that if enough of us ask that question, then there's a demand to answer it. And we put that demand on them to answer it. Mm-hmm. So we'll be signing off, as we usually do, with words from our brother, Killer Mike. Hello. Uh,
2: Give the credit to this idea of this path to use of radio one she's like michael it is time that you guys organize a fund to set aside to help people who sacrifice for our freedom me we every time something happens i hear this why don't the gang bangers jump up and do something for them? why don't you kill them you kill each other and i say to myself when is the last time you sent money to a side of shakur When is the last time you sent money to Matulu Shakur? When is the last time you sent money to Mami Abu Jamal or Larry Hoover or Jeff Ford or Leonard Pelter? When is the last time you have made it your business to send money to a revolutionary or a hoodlum that has helped us? And until we start to do that, how can we ask these young men to be warriors? Because if they do it in the name of the hood, at least the hood gonna honor their name always. At least the hood is going to make sure at least their children got something or their mama's house is looked after. As a community, if we're going to ask people to bungee jump for us with no cord, be prepared to take care of them when they get a license. Be prepared to look after their family. See, I don't mind the work getting done, but let's take care of the workers. Let's stop asking more out of people than we would do for ourselves. So what I'd like to see, my dream thing, is to see one million people from the coast dedicate $10 a month, that's $10 million a month, $120 million a year. For taking care of civil rights leaders who have worked on our behalf and are elderly now and don't have to take care of themselves, like Rosa Parks, whose rent was paid by the owner of, of, of um, Little Caesar's Pizza. We should have had a fund to make sure that she never had to worry about that again in her life. We should have a fund that makes sure money makes it to Asada Shakur. And Matulu Shakur has has, has legal and legal representation and food. And Leonard Pelter, who has um, diabetes in jail, can get insulin taken care of. And until we start start doing it. $10 a month is about what you pay on a couple fast food restaurant visits. So if a million of us do that for the rest of our life, look at how well we'll be taking care of the people that we're actually to sacrifice on our
0: behalf. I agree. And uh, recently... Peace and love, family. Thanks for tuning in again to uh, one of another episode of any PPC podcast. Please share with at least 10 people. Please consider donating a dollar at Cash App. That Seth Fuss and Kofa, S E F U S A N K O F A. Thank you. Be safe and contact us at 347 679 3936 if you're interested in doing some work on political prisoners. Again, that's 347 679 3936. Peace and love. Be safe in your travels.